Good evening. This is Victoria with Dream Dogs and with Hope Service Dogs. And uh, we do have a special guest tonight. And you're going to see the person coming through the room pretty quickly. And then I just got dinged on my new Apple Watch saying that I went live now. So if you want those, you can always turn on notifications. Uh, that works out really good and it dings you whenever I go live so you don't miss a webinar. Uh, now what we do with these webinars is they're live on Tuesday nights at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And after they go live, usually on Wednesday, but sometimes it takes a little longer to download and it might go up Thursday or Friday, but we aim for Wednesday. Uh, we load them up to our podcast server and then you can search under how to train your service dog and find all of them uh, under podcasts. All the podcast players were there. Uh, and we also upload it onto YouTube. So that includes the closed captioning in case anyone needs closed captioning. They do it for me. So then I am found everywhere, which is really nice. And what we do is we talk service dogs, we talk dog training, we talk pet dogs, aggressive dogs, service dogs, breeds, issues, everything you can think of and all points in between. Rue, stop it. So with me tonight is Karen, otherwise known as Nurse Karen, and she is our Gainesville trainer. Um, she was out here tonight. We had a very fun afternoon evening uh, where we had a new client start with us. And what we're doing is we are recording on our handy dandy camera. Um, also new. Um, we are recording for our online course, and it's a dog who we're going to be training for not only gluten alert and detection, but um, other uh, food allergies as well. Corn peanuts and dairy yeah corn so, peanuts and dairy and gluten and gluten so that's going to be pretty amazing and i'm so happy not that she has those issues but that she chose us to work with yes. so we can use that for videos for this online course mm -hmm. so very stoked very excited about that yes. um and her dog was doing super molly did great i'm very happy yeah he has had two months of akc scent work and about once a week and um they were still using food with that. And so we asked her where she was because we were going to have her show. Um, and when she said that they're still, pair, still pairing it up with food, so basically you take two containers. Think of a salt and pepper shaker that you take together. And you put one has food and one has the odor. And you put the tops on so the dog really can't access it. And you, you hide that and the dog finds it. Well, is he finding the food? Is he finding the odor? Is he finding the tape? Is he finding the salt and pepper shakers? Then Marley was able to just... Um, put his nose and actually smell in an empty jar without food. So, yeah. Um, so we, we take it yeah. a little slow, but that was his first session with us. And, yes. and you've got it exactly right. We got an empty wide mouth Mason jar mm -hmm. and getting him to put his nose in comfortably. And he was doing very well with that. Yes. And um, we introduced him to clicker training. So he mm -hmm. becomes clicker savvy, which makes all training a lot easier. Mm -hmm. uh, so we did that and we worked with a few other things as well, yeah. but it was really great just seeing the, the results. So next week, our goal is to get him so finding coffee finding coffee that will be his first it's very strong scent and it's coffee uh, yeah Holstein's reaction to coffee was <laughs> <laughs> so um and Chico did the same thing so that's how strong it is but it is, yeah. you know they're smelling it so um and that's where we're looking for that nose flare and we're looking for them to actually indicate the source of the smell so yeah um many dogs can smell something in a room but going to the source of it and yes. that's part of that and then indicating what in, that it's a hot scent or not scent right hot yeah. scent or not scent exactly uh well so i've had years of scent work experience when they were actually first coming out with the scent of nose work even before akc got a hold of it 
Um, they were at, I think it was the APDG conference, and I went to that uh, nine years ago, maybe. Um, so we started, I started with it, then playing with it. And so our most viewed video on YouTube under Dream Dogs is our nose work video where we have boxes, think of Amazon boxes yeah. or post office boxes, uh, and you toss a treat and your dog goes and finds the the box that has the treat in it. And sometimes they're up, sometimes they're on the side, sometimes they're upside down. Yeah. So you want the dog to like whack at it a bit if it is. Uh, and then you start doing what she's doing, which is pairing them up. Well, what I found teaching that is most dogs don't get beyond that That's step right. where it's either, it's just fun to do this and it's too much work to continue. Um, the dog reaches a roadblock, the trainer reaches a roadblock or the owner reaches a roadblock, but there's a roadblock reach somewhere usually with this. So yeah. people can do it for months. Now we just had a, uh, an outing a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago where we were in an event uh, and one of these uh, women come up to us and said about, you know, asked if we did nose work and I said, yeah, we do nose work. And she also told me that she had been doing it for a few months now and her dog is probably very advanced, she tells me. And I said, oh, you know, well, where's your dog at? And she said, well, my dog is starting to pair it up with the scent in the tree. Yeah. So, and this is after months. So that's the problem is people are um, pairing up scents with treats and not focusing on the indication, the, the action of smelling. So you gotta build that first then you introduce the sense and um and you build that drive up the want the eagerness to go and smell yeah just smell anything just yeah. to smell and keep their nose on it so and and um nipopo has a really great way to do that yes. so we so we've done that um we've done other ones we've done videos you know we've done um we've had people come out and we had the training center in Gainesville. we'd host mm -hmm for nose work because I was very interested in it because of the service dog ankle, but nobody had a really great way to show us how to do it, right. you know, to get something that was consistent and reliable. So when I went to meet Popo, Bart has his way to do it, Bart and Michael, and it made sense to me. We got Django doing it that first week. He was indicating like the first couple sessions he's indicating yeah. the other dogs, the same thing. I have never seen such fast results, fast results. in that short amount of time. When when Vicki was at Gold School, I was at a nosework seminar in Bradenton. Um, and uh, as it turned out, what they were teaching in the Noseworks uh, seminar was knee po po um, and all, basically uh, pared down, granted, not the. the <laughs> not full knee po po. Not full knee po po, but the concept. And this is how they train the Canadian. Um, police dogs for bomb sniffing, for um, cadaver and um, search and rescue, and for um, narcotics. Uh, and this is how they train the dogs in uh, Louisiana. And um, so uh, it's not just can Canadian dogs, but UK. This is the basis of how- This is how we do it, guys. And that's how we should be training our service dogs for- Exactly, why are we giving, or even pet dogs? Alert. Or Why are we yeah. putting them to a, a much lower standard? standard you right. know, there's no reason that we need to do it that way. So what we want is, uh, is we want the right way to do it. Now, when we were doing the other way, uh, we did a nose work class. And now when we were in Gainesville, our group classes were four weeks long. So we had a huge nose work class because we opened it up to people who wanted it for their service dog as well. So Rich taught the pet owners and I taught mm -hmm. the service dogs and basically the difference, there were a few minor differences, including, you know, how we store the scent, what we use for the scent, you know, where to put it. But by the end of those four weeks, I had all my, um, 
my diabetic alert dogs were live alerting. Wow. At the end of four weeks. Yeah. So I'm like, this is huge. Now it was nice too, because the owners got to work with them. I just met with them for an hour plus each week. Um, But that was great. You know what happened with the pet dogs? It was work. And they they kind of dropped out. We went from, I think, eight of them down to one or two of them for the pet side. And I'm like, why? Well, I'm just busy. It was work. It wasn't just throwing food into a box. But, you know, the ones who persevere. And so that's one of the reasons I like working with the service dogs with this is because they have that drive. They need it to survive, you know? Yeah. And that's why we like using food for training, too. I have found, so I did the old way with Holstein. Took much longer to train him to identify scent. I worked two days with Chico and Chico's her other dog. Chico's yeah. And he's a service dog in training at this point. He's still got, uh, but in two days he learned what took months for, for Holstein. Yeah. By using Nipopo. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that drive is important. This oh, was a really dog is. that would, would do something once and refuse to repeat it. But, uh, you build up that drive, you build up that hunger. Yeah. And he's doing it. And so Good. It's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we have a question here. Larissa asked, I have a severe peanut allergy. If Finn was taught to detect peanuts, would I be able to tell the difference between him alerting to that and to seizures? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different indication. You will have a different, um, uh, so for seizures, you will have a, a different response that he will give for you and uh, then the peanuts. So. so yeah, so what we want to do is we're not going to train both of them together. We train one and then we train the other. Right. Um, so we have to ask, you know, what's going to be easier to get samples of because peanuts are pretty easy to get samples of, yeah. um, whereas seizures might not be. Uh, so what alert do you want for each one? Now we've had this question with hearing alert dogs as well is what well, oh, I want him to like touch my hand to lead me someplace. So I want him to touch my elbow. If it's a phone, my hand, if it's an alarm, this, if it's the smoke detector, this, if it's the front door, come on. Wow. So, you know, it, it can get as easy or as complicated as you want it to be yeah. because it's your dog, right? So if you're like, I want him to paw at me if it's a seizure, cause that's really gonna get my attention. But if it's peanut, if I ask him, is this a peanut, right? Um, I just want him to put his head on my lap if it is a peanut, you know, but then I don't want his head to be on my lap for anything else. So you get to think about what's going to be beneficial to you. Right. Um, there's the paw alert, there's the nose bumps. Those are the two common ones. But I mean, you could do different things too, depending if for seizure alert, maybe you want him to stand right in front of you to block you. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you want him to, you know, jump and put his, his, um, his paws on your waist and fake hump you. Like, don't do that. That'd be stupid. But you know, like you need to just write it down and be consistent. So what you train is, you know, in this situation, this is what you do in that situation. That is what you do. So what the organization odor, but that's the organization that has written the standards for um, allergen gluten and allergen alert dogs. Um, So what they said, uh, is dogs will give you a natural indication of what uh, a response, and then you shape that from there. If, if you don't like that response, if the dog finds the scent and sits down, that's his natural thing, and you don't want him to sit, you want him to uh, bump your Do knee you hands or whatever. <laughs> so you take whatever he's doing naturally, you start with, you uh, tell him the new thing you want him to do, and follow it by 
whatever he's doing naturally. And then um, you, you can abridge, basically, you'll end up uh, dropping the old command or whatever. So you, if he's sitting and you want him to touch your hand to tell you if it's gluten, um, so when he sits, you tell him to touch your hand after, and then eventually you, you'll he'll just touch your hand. He won't sit anymore. Eventually, yeah. It's how you um, rename a dog or rename any command. New right. comes first, and then you'll eventually fade away the old. Because, like Vicky has expressed, pawing like some dogs paw you know, give them your paw, but they will scratch you with the paw. And other dogs have a very gentle paw when they want to tell you something is, is positive. So it, um, you may not want paw. You don't want your dog touching their, your food with the paw or bumping a plate with the paw. Yeah. So you may, um, you may want the dog to do something more subtle. So see, most people talk about weird TV people, like the desperate housewife people and the Kardashians. And we talk about this type of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> But it's all yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so most definitely, yeah. So for food, if you're going to offer, now here's the thing, especially talking peanut, talking gluten, depending on how severe your allergy is, say you're in an office building with an elevator and somebody was on there right before you and just had peanut butter, whatever, peanut butter brittle, peanut brittle, um, peanut butter sandwich, peanut M&Ms, like something peanut. Um, peanut, isn't there like Chinese food with like peanut chicken? Yeah. Like they just had something peanut like oil. that. Um, some of the peanut oil is still on their hands and they push that they want to go down to the first floor. Right. And then you come on and you push that you want to go down to the first floor and you pick up those. That oil. Right. Yeah. Like that could have a reaction. So it's not just stuff on a plate. You've right. got to do what they call room searches room search. as well. Um, yeah. and for, think kids, you know, playing mm -hmm. on the equipment, you know, someone just had a peanut butter sandwich is playing on the equipment. My kid goes and touches it at the same point. My kid has a severe peanut allergy. He doesn't, right. but pretend he does, you know, and he could have a reaction from that cross-contamination. So are you going to let him live in a bubble or have this dog? Well, the dog doesn't need to go with you just if you're going to eat because like there's other things in the environment too. Cross-contamination is a very real thing. When you have a true allergy, um, the uh, cross-contamination on surfaces, uh, amongst other food or in an environment, the dog can alert you to not even cross into that restaurant if, if you have that severe of an allergy, um, if the dog smells peanut in the environment there. Yeah. So, yes, it's very important that um, when you're talking about allergens, are you uh, talking about alerting to foods that you're going to ingest or um, allergens that you're going to um, touch? Uh, so um, when, we when we train a dog, for allergy, we are training um, the dog to uh, to alert for multiple areas. There's, there's like a five area um, search uh, standard test or whatever. So um, it's in in the room in the home. It's a, a randomized. Um, so you're, you're planting the scent in, in the room in the home. You're planting more than one scent in, in, a, ran, in, in a randomized um, room in the home, I guess. Uh, it's grocery store. It's restaurant. It's public area. Um, so um, and non, you're testing non-food items as well as food items. So like, yeah. like um, and so... Uh, you can either train your dog to to alert 
to check something or to alert. So the two different things. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you kind of want both. Yeah. You know, same with the diabetic, mm -hmm. you know, you do want both because if it's really bad and they're giving off such, you know, massive quantities of that scent, mm -hmm. you don't want them to have to go and pinpoint. You want them to be like, dude, there's something going on now. Right. You know, I'm going to go find it, but, but just to let you know, there's something going on. You know, so so these type of things, uh, you know, people like to pretend like they're the be all and end all with any sort of dog training. Uh, and the nice thing is there is no be all and end all, right? right? Like there's always something to learn. There's yeah. something to do. There's something, um, you know, to to continue with. Constantly looking at the latest research on on yeah. uh, what dogs are able to do, what what um, the results of of uh, what dogs are able to actually uh, smell and um, communicate, uh, how we're able to communicate to, with them better. There's constant research coming out and I'm constantly updating myself on that and uh, applying what we can yeah. to, uh, to improve our dog's um, ability to help us. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, so we want to be sure that, you know, that we do answer questions that you know that we're here for you, that you know the amazingness that dogs can do. Um, for her, for the woman's dairy allergy, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do different dairies. So we might do cheese, we might do yogurt, um, milk. How are we going to do milk? Well, we could do some powdered milk and we will because yeah. powdered milk might have a different smell. We might have to get um, skim 2% and whole milk. We might want to do heavy cream or half and half, mm -hmm. um, but you don't want it sloshing around and, you know, when the dog's pawing at it. So we're going to take a cotton round and soak it, which means that we have to get the dog not alerting to the cotton round, which means one of those empty ones will have a cotton round. We'll have a cotton round. So yeah. if you mark your, any of your um, items with a Sharpie, all items must be marked with a Sharpie. Remember, everything has a scent. So yeah. to have um, reliable controls and make sure your dog's not picking up on the new scent that you put on there. Everything has to have that same scent. And so the only one with the active scent, the allergen, it, um, the, the only difference in that one is, is that it has that allergen. Yeah. So it's real important that you, um, you forget where what container you put the active allergen in that you sterilize and dry it fully before you, um, and it's best to label it and only put your active allergen in that container, whether it be your um, low sugar, whether it be an, um, an allergen, a food allergen, or, um, or seizure um, when you had a yeah. migraine or seizure, um, uh, early indication of that. Make, uh, make sure you don't cross-contaminate containers. Yeah. That's very important. Most definitely, yeah. Because yeah, then you your dog's going to be confused. Um, and you're going to tell him he's not alerting to something when you actually use a container that um, that it, that uh, you think that container's empty, but you actually use that container with that scent and did not sterilize it and, and uh, you know, make sure it was – they can sense linger. So, so years ago, I did tracking with Jedi, my German Shepherd, and it was fun. Now, the problem with tracking is you have to lay the track, 
You have to let it age about a half hour, five minutes to a half hour. Then you have to come back. And well, Florida grass is weird. We'll put it nice. It's weird. Um, not only that, but how they teach tracking and how this guy taught tracking is you put food down. You know what the problem with Florida and putting food on the ground and leaving it for a half hour? Fire ants. Fire ants. You come back and they're moving. <laughs> the food's moving everywhere. So Bart has a better way to do it. So whenever it cools down and we want to try tracking, I totally want to do this because I think Colson and Chico are going to love it. I think Django's going to love it. Um, but uh, the guy who taught me did a lot of nose work stuff. And he taught down in Miami for the police department down there. And as they were teaching the drug dogs, mm -hmm. um, they did it with these towels with the duct tape on them. Mm -hmm. And guess what they actually taught the dogs? They didn't teach them to find the drug sense. They taught them to find duct tapes. Duct tape. So, because then it proves the duct tape off. So you need yeah. to do some of these things yeah. to make sure that it's good. Now, I also had a woman yeah. who was trying to tell me that uh, for diabetic alert, you know, we teach them the lows mm -hmm. and then we teach them the highs, but you also have to teach the normals. I'm like, normal is all the time. Yeah. You know, you don't so, need to prove that. I mean, you can yeah. if you want to. Yeah, but what's the purpose of that? Yeah, but it's just people are weird. Yeah. And dogs can also kind of make jumps in training. I'm sure you guys have seen mm -hmm. it. Um, where you might not have taught them this, but he puts it together and it clicks. Right. And the same thing's true with the sun. And that's one of the things Bart yeah. was saying with the tracking mm -hmm. is, you know, you don't have to teach every single step. You don't want to skip steps per se, mm -hmm. but you know, the dog will find out what it is if he's in the system and he's working well in the system. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in uh, the U S um, what the Canadians are critical about us is our legal system, how uh, dogs that are sent uh, who are cross-trained for cadaver work and drug identification or drug dogs um, are being thrown out of court uh, because uh, you can't prove was the dog alerting, uh, alerting to the dead body or to the drugs on the dead body. <laughs> or the so, drugs not on the dead body. <laughs> so if you cross-train your dogs, uh, the, so the... Um, so those dogs that are cross-trained, um, that evidence is being thrown out. And uh, so now they're just training dogs one track, basically. They can't do multiple tracks. They can't do search and rescue and bomb sniffing. They can't do yeah. uh, uh, drugs and cadavers. Drugs and cadavers, you know. So that's, yeah. and we're the only country that, that our legal system does Yeah, legal so, system. Yeah. But well, that, and then <laughs> even all the ones who have been trained up for pot, can't be used anymore because yeah. it's legal in so many right. different places. That was the other thing, yeah, that, yeah, are they alerting for marijuana or heroin or opioids, you know, because yep. they were cross-trained with um, both of those, basically. So here's a good story. I don't know if I told you this one. So what Bart was saying is, because he, he lives in Belgium, right? He travels all over the world. He said that in some countries, it's against the rules to have a dog come up and sniff you because of personal space and, right. you know, Nazis and everything else. So what they do in these situations, this is fantastic. You're going to love it. They will take the air from around the person and suck it into a tube and deliver it to the dog and see if the dog will alert. That's genius. I love <laughs> I this. Love he said this and I'm just like, <laughs> like how perfect. So like my, your dog cannot come over to me and sniff me because I am French and that's how we do things. Right. But I'm well, fine. My dog won't come over to you, but this air and see yeah. if it works, but they do it with tubes. I'm like, yeah. how neat is that? So that the dog awesome. can just be super lazy. And you know that, um, the new treat toy that you got mm -hmm. where you push the button, like yeah. you could totally do that. Yep. That one's got it. I'm going to push the button. Yeah. That one doesn't have it. That one doesn't I have it. That one's got it. 
I can see a cartoon of a dog sitting at a desk pushing a button. Yes. No, Smelling stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, that one's good. No, that yeah. one's good. That one should come here because I think they smell like hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I thought that was really neat. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that because that's what we were doing. We also want to talk about SeaWorld because we took the dogs. That was Holstein's first time at SeaWorld too, right? His first time at SeaWorld. Now so, he's been yeah. to Bass Pro and seen fish in a, and the big aquarium in Bass Pro before. So that's his only, and then fish in ponds. But he's never seen fish as big as what he saw in SeaWorld. <laughs> and he's never seen fish birds or penguins. <laughs> fish birds. They, that area smelled so much. Oh my gosh. It wasn't bad. I wasn't like, but like it was very fishy and it was very cold and it was very nice. <laughs> the staff at SeaWorld were exceptional. They were amazing. We yeah. did not have any problems because of the dogs whatsoever. No questions, no asking, no, I'm going to give you air pets from across the room, yeah. which we've had before at Disney. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that yeah. was super fun. Yeah. Uh, but no, no questions coming in. Uh, you know, the dog, oh, that one dog potty area was amazed dolls. Uh, yeah, the most luxurious, luxurious uh, uh, potty centers for the dogs. And they had four of them uh, throughout the park. Um, we okay. mainly visited just, just that the one because it was so nice. Because it was so great. So we didn't check out what the other three looked like. But uh, for anything like that, um, it was awesome. It was, yeah. And um, so, uh, uh, Vicky, it was very hot that day. Okay, so what happened was Karen's husband is retired military, yes. uh, so he got tickets for us to go, and then I still owe you for Luke's ticket. So, uh, so we all went. So Karen and her husband and Holstein and me and Rich and Luke and Candy, because I figured if I need somebody, I'm going to need her. Um, even though that's only her fourth outing total. Um, so we had a bunch of us, and Karen wanted to drive in the van. So that was great because we wanted to all fit in the Jeep comfortably. But that means that my wheelchair couldn't have gone. Uh, now, it was $15 to rent a wheelchair or $25 to park a second car. So we figured it's cheaper to rent a wheelchair there if we need to. But I figured I'd do just fine. So we get there, and I needed something to eat because I'm already getting a little dizzy because of the heat. Uh, and so she luckily found a place, and right. and they had little donuts, and they were really good. Because uh, I was online at Starbucks, and they found this other place with no line, and it was really nice. So we did that. We went and did the the um, killer whale show. The killer whale show. Um, uh, and, and, yeah, so we got to sit and watch that, and the dogs love seeing the uh, the killer whales. And now where we sat there is, you know, they had like a little half bench um, with the wheelchair spot on either side, you know, right, right as you come in. That's where you sit when you have a service dog. Right. So we, Karen and I took up one of the half seat benches and then my service dog and her service dog sat on either side of us right. and the boys, Rich and Luke sat in the back and Barry sat in the back. Front. He sat with them. Boys. Oh, he sat back there yeah. with them. So everyone sat together uh, and we got to watch all of that. So as we're leaving, we pottied the dogs, you know, a little potty spot right there. And we saw a working dog there. Yes. Um, and he wasn't vested or harnessed or anything because it no. was like a million degrees outside. Yeah. Um, lab, really nice lab, no problems whatsoever. And as we're walking back towards the carousel on Sesame Street area, I'm not feeling good. And I'm like, I can power through. I can't power she through. Could. So yeah. I'm like, can we, I need to take a break. I need to sit down. Um, so we sat down. I'm like, okay, I'm feeling better. I got up and I'm like, nope, I'm not feeling better. Uh, so we were going to have Rich run to the front to Which rent a wheelchair. A long ways away. We could not have been further from the front at this point. So Barry looked on the map and noticed there was a first aid station close by. Like right around the corner. Right around the corner, behind the carousel. That's where the first aid station, it's exactly half 
uh, uh, the furthest in, in the park. It's halfway around the circle. Yeah. So yeah. it's a circle. That, uh, it's it's based much like Epcot. It's a big circle. Yeah. So so we got yeah. back there and it was nice and air conditioned. And Karen had some of these electrolyte packets. So we got a bottle there. How about some Gatorade? I don't like Gatorade. How about some pop? I don't like pop. But she had the electrolyte packets. So I did that. And they asked, Rich talked to the, the first aid guy and they summoned a wheelchair for me. Uh, and then Rich had to go over to the gift shop and paid for it. Cause like I said, it was 15 for the day. So whenever and paid for it and came back and then him and Luke got to push me around the park and we had candy pull a little bit, yeah. except she needs to work on her aim. Yeah. Um, but uh, so we did that uh, and that enabled me to enjoy the park, especially the Antarctica. But uh, cause I was like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing here because I'm done. Like I, I can't, I, my, I can't function. And uh, and so we walked. Uh, we did the shark area. Yeah. So we so the shark. You have the um, shark grill where you can eat um, with the uh, tank, the shark tank um, inside. Um, we had a reservation for that, but that wasn't until later. So we did the walkthrough through the shark tank. Um, so where that's where you had the sharks and all the fish above you and around you. So because um, of that, you yeah. go into this room and it's a, a moving walkway. Yes. So we get in there and Rich is like, Candy's never done a moving walkway before. I'm like, actually she, she did. did. That's what we covered when we were at Universal, one of yeah. the first for her. So he pushed me as to the side as we could get. And then she was right there. Now it wasn't all the side that we can get because two little boys came by and they went one yeah. by me. But uh, she backed up a couple times because I'm like, get back up here. Uh, I think she was wondering why she was moving without and why all these things around her were moving. And it was just weird. But she handled it very well. Did Holstein handle it good? He did handle it very well. I tried to get him to focus on the fish, on the sharks and whatnot. Um, only a couple times did he actually look at them. Um, he was just focusing straight ahead for okay. the most part. Okay. Was he between your legs or beside you? Beside me. Okay, nice. Yeah. So um, I, so with that, yeah. you always have to watch with moving walkways with the yeah. service dog because you don't want people who are like do 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 and walking into your dog. Yeah. <coughs> so, you know, you had you and Barry there, which was nice. Yeah, and people weren't side. expecting to walk through it. Like, you know, airport lines, universal yeah. moving walkway, people expect you to walk it. So I held like, up dude. the line a little bit. I waited until the people in front were uh, about six six at least six feet into the walkway and i held up everybody behind us and barry made a wall too because when you're especially um when you have a big dog like holstein is when you enter a, a moving walkway um you want to let them have a little momentum to walk all the way on to the walkway and not just put two feet on and then and then uh have the, his front feet moving without his back feet on already yeah so yeah. I, I just waited a little bit to allow um to give us that space oh that's perfect so, i didn't know you did that that yeah. was awesome yeah because yeah we had a little bit but not as much as what i would have liked because getting yeah. off of it then right you know trying to rich trying to push the wheelchair get over that little lip and then having her and she's like oh heck no and i'm like walk it and that's my command for it is walk it yeah uh you know she we, we got off but I she said, was like wait a minute here i say walk on so yeah right. similar um, and then uh, walk off, walk on, walk off. It's the same. Walk um, on, walk yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Holstein knows it as as a, uh, the way I say it. It's it's the it's the rhythm you say it um, more so than than the words. Yeah. Uh, for him, and he knows. Um, I say it right before we walk off. Um, so he knows to anticipate 
we're going to, we're going to start moving and I get him moving. So yeah. a lot of times we're standing still on a moving walkway, but you get moving about, about 10 feet from the end, start moving and, and tell him what we're getting ready to do. We're going to walk off. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and that helps a lot and, and oh, yeah. don't make a big deal of it. Just do it. Yeah. And, and, and your dog hesitates. If you got a, a prong collar or something, a little pop, just like yeah, and you, you need know. to. You can't yeah. just be like, "How about I give you food? I'll no. throw food on the moving walkway." Don't. That is asking for issues. Yeah. Do not feed your dog on there. Don't feed him feed after him. he gets off. Right. Reward him for the whole. The whole but ride. you can't like toss yeah. food right afterwards because no. then you're gonna like have the people behind no. you run Step into aside, them. Get yep. to a safe area where you can. And yeah. So um, all and, these things you guys gotta think about. Make sure you're calm about it. So if you have nervousness nervousness about moving walkways, you need to deal with your. Mm -hmm concerns first because your dog's going to pick up on that so yeah yeah so yeah so we did that and then we went over to antarctica and then there was a line for the penguins apparently it's a ride yes there's a ride and there's a walk is it like a roller coaster or um not a roller coaster i think it's just like a moving car okay because they had a mild and a wild and an observer oh really i didn't even know that i can't remember it's been a number of years since i've been to sea world so i can't remember exactly what the ride was but well i think it was they did a little show where there was like a lost penguin who was born late and there was a cold weather coming and i'm like dude they live in cold weather yeah but okay and so i think it's the journey it's something much like the cat in a hat where you're turning, oh, turning thing. we're gonna have That's, to youtube yeah. it and see if someone yeah. does a walkthrough that's yeah. what youtube's good for too yeah um, but so we got yeah. to look at the penguins now one of the things rich says to me right away he goes keep a grip on her collar and leash up tight because this pe she is really close like that first area that you enter into there's no netting there's between no you and the penguins netting. the penguins are there and um and it's just the fact that they don't, they're not going to fly. They swim. And um, basically, yeah, the threat is actually our dogs going after them more. It's not them coming the after killer our, penguins from yeah. the, the Arctic, Antarctic. Um, I was surprised they let us in there. Yeah. Because um, that, that would be considered a close encounter. Right. Um, so that's, we but, went, you guys were over off to the left side there. I immediately went off to the left side because Holstein smelt the smell before the doors opened and he was curious about it. But as soon as the doors opened in that cold air, it's like 50 something degrees or something like that. It felt good. I needed a jacket. Yeah. <laughs> you got cold. Um, and he dropped down to the ground and, um, and was like, um, close to the ground, like something was going to come at him. Okay. And um, he didn't understand what these creatures were. So we went to the left because there was an exit near there in case we needed to just leave. If okay. It was too okay. much stimulus for him. If he wasn't going to be okay with it, we needed to go ahead and leave and not overstimulate him. Okay. So, but there happened to be a window there and he was curious. A window with felt, netting, which was nice. A window with netting. And yeah. so he felt safe there. And um, and so, you could really see him swim there, which yes. was really cool. So we, we went over there and Rich parked me there and he's like, do you want to go look around at the other side? And I said, no, you go. I'm just going to stay here with her. And that's one of the problems with the wheelchairs. I have to rely. Oh, I mean, there I, I can yeah. do, but like up and down the hills and stuff, yeah. I'm not doing that. But it helped Holstein to relax and get familiar that these things aren't going to attack him. Yeah. That, yeah, they're birds, but they're fish birds. Fish birds. And um, so, yeah, that I think he thought something was going to swoop down and, and peck him or something. I don't, you know. Peck him in the head. Um, I don't know exactly because I'm not dog and I <laughs> 
<laughs> but he, he he thought the way he acted, he thought like uh, a dinosaur was going to come down and, and attack Eat him. him. Uh, so, but, um, yeah. but he did relax, and we went to the other open area, and he observed, and um, he started uh, relaxing his. You know, you know how a dog relaxes. Um, he started relaxing his jaw, and his his whole body started relaxing. And he walked taller. So nice. so. Nice. And, but by the time we left that area. He was okay with it and, and he wasn't going to and you know it wasn't that he was he wanted to uh attack or investigate anything he's just afraid of what this new thing yeah was. it was weird yeah yeah but no that's perfect so candy yeah. had two issues while we were at the park uh, the first was um we were in uh we went into one of the bathrooms and it was the handicapped stall but it was the like the medium-sized handicapped stall right um not the one with the sink and stuff in it and it had uh instead of having the the handles um, on the bolted onto the sides of the walls, it was triangle sticking out. So like, it was basically like the toilet was coming to eat her yeah. and she came in, she saw it and she flattened and went underneath the door to leave. And I'm like, you can't leave. And of course, as I go to grab her, 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 her leash pops off, oh, yeah. but I had a hold of her harness. So I opened up the door. I got her on there. I got her back in here. I told her to knock it off and we used that bathroom. I'm not going to go and use another one. Like you face your fears, girl, and you move on. Yeah. And then she was good. Uh, I think, yeah, we went into one other bathroom, um, and it was the um, the family bathroom. So, like, that was fine. I could drop her leash. She could explore whatever she wanted to while I used the bathroom. Um, but there were no weird triangle handrails. Right. Um, the other thing she had a problem with was, I believe it was the Mako ride. Um, we were over by the shark area. Right. And it just came, it came right, right directly right. overhead, really loud. And she was like, ah! And uh, so, you know, I'm like, knock it off. You're fine. And she was like, so later on, yeah. after we had eaten, because we ate at the shark restaurant, um, we stood underneath that area, and it happened and again, she, and she was perfectly fine. Yeah, so yeah, she looked, but she didn't freak. That's the key. Your service dog's going to be exposed to new things. Yeah, and um, and uh, when your dog reacts uncertain, you got to be confident to be able to tell them it's okay. Yeah, and and, and um, be able to know when it's too much stress for them or not. And then know when to go back and re-expose them so you don't get the same uh, reaction, you get the good the good response. Yeah. And then hopefully you reward them enough for that good response and that's what they remember is the good. Yeah. So don't leave with that bad. Don't leave on a bad note, guys. Yeah. Leave on a good note where you laugh so it that's off. Why, laugh it off, carry treats. You know, you have yeah. to have some way of turning that... Um, that uncertainty into right, a right. positive. Yeah. yeah. So it may not be a total win, but you know, some, next time you need to work yeah. on that. Yeah. So, well, yeah. that's um, when we ate dinner, she laid down, Holstein laid down. Now she was not at my feet. She, I was in the wheelchair. She was beside me, which was all right. I just had to warn the waitresses that there was a speed bump there and they looked at me like I was retarded, but that's okay. Uh, and when the food came, mm -hmm. she stood up and I'm like, uh uh. And so I did stand on her leash and then yeah. she laid down and then she was good to go. She yeah, got a little bored, but yeah. she did good. And that was again, her second restaurant. You were there with her first yeah. one. Yeah. So she did much better than much her first better one. Much better than the first one. She's, she's coming along beautifully. She is. She's um, doing really good. Yeah. So. Uh, and so, yeah, so that was SeaWorld. Um, we, you know, wandered out. Like I said, we stopped to get at the nice area. Hi. Hi, honey. We're talking about SeaWorld. Do you have anything to say about SeaWorld? Um, uh, nope. But, our heat drop off is switched from tomorrow till today to today at seven. Okay. So okay. that works. Twenty minutes or so. So 
Okay. In a few minutes, I'm going to go out and clean out this laptop. Okay. So now everybody knows. How great is that? Uh, I'm just writing it in my book here, so I know. Uh, so, yeah, so we did that. It was super. The dogs did really good there. It was so service dog friendly. We saw, I saw like five service dogs. About five service dogs besides that one that was working there. I yeah. can't tell there that... That fella seemed like he worked for SeaWorld. He had, some kind he of had yeah, yeah, he had a polo, a black polo with like a little badgy embroidered yeah, thing on it. So I, I think he was security. Security. It looked like security, but it, it, um, it he had a lab. So, um, well, you know, they're going yeah. with the floppy-eared dogs because it looks less threatening to the people. Oh, okay. Instead of a Malinois. But he kept his distance and he looked like he was, he was observing. Super. Yeah, um, yeah. And, Whereas and, we've yeah. seen him before, like at Disney, where the yeah. dogs like bark and lunch. Like this dog was yeah. perfect. Yeah. And not that Disney's bad. Yeah. It's just Disney's so big. Yeah. You know, SeaWorld's not as big. It's a lot easier to keep things. But Disney needs to hire me as a trainer. So it was... It was a hundred degrees again, um, and we noticed that our dogs were the only ones with shoes. Yes, we did. So yes, we did. The guy that was working there that looked like security, his dog, he made sure he kept his dog in the shade. Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah. So even though that dog didn't have shoes, but then but, you got to ask yourself too, like, okay, they are not going to be able to smell if someone has whatever they're smelling for. I'm assuming right. explosives. Yeah, I'm. Assuming You're not going to be able to smell yeah. that from you know. The shade. Right. <laughs> the air conditioned so room. It's, it's, Maybe they have the sense pipe to them. <laughs> so you know he can they can smell from pretty far away. For the alerting though, but, with the smells that they pump yeah, out too for yeah. like come into my pretzel shop. Yeah. No, come into my donut shop. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't want to take that risk. Yeah. You know? I wouldn't either. But anyways, it was pretty interesting to to see how many service dogs did show up later yeah. in the afternoon. Yeah, because well, we left uh, around five. We left around five, and we started seeing these other service dogs between three and uh, yeah. Uh, after no, actually four. Four. four, four yeah, four five. to five. We saw like four five, five service dogs. We're in the morning. We saw no others. We got right. there around. 30, 30, 11 30. 30, yeah, yeah. So we got there then, and, and there was nothing until. So it's nice they were coming out in the evening, but guess what happens in the evening? The pavement has had all day to soak all up. All day sun. to get hot. It is at its hottest, is when we saw these dogs show up with no shoes. And so, we, we need it. We need know. to start. Hope yeah. needs to start earning money yeah. so we can start giving these some of the booties away to yeah. these people. Um, but yeah, it was fantastic. Um, you know, I would have liked to have taken them on a water ride. Um, we did not sit in the splash area. I don't know if that no. would have been a problem with the service dogs. I would never recommend sitting in the splash zone with your service dog because you don't know if that water gets recycled or what. It's you don't want your water. dog drinking it. Yeah, you know, salt water. Um, uh, we, with both the show, both the uh, dolphin show and the. Um, killer whale, the killer whale show. It, it is salt water, and you really don't want your dog um, drinking it in any way. No, but no, you no. do get very soaked when you're on the soap zones. We noticed. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, the yeah. front row. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. these kids were so excited to get soaked, and I didn't blame them. Again, yeah. 100 degrees. If I didn't yeah. have the dogs, I would have been up there getting soaked. Yeah. It was funny because they said, "Put away your phones and yeah. electronics because you're going to get soaked." But it was yeah. really neat to see. Um, you know, of course, we're like. You know, they're trained well, you mm -hmm. know, like I like yeah. it. And then yeah. I liked, I was asking Rich and Luke, I'm like, what's this? And I put my hands on my head and I do a little dance and I go in a circle and uh, who am I? And they look at me like I'm crazy. Do you know who I was? You were one of the Shamu. I was one of the Shamu trainers. It was yeah, so cute. I loved it when they did that. You know, and then yeah. the, the um, orca would twirl. Yeah. Um, I thought that was super. 
Yeah, that it, they, uh, the training that they use is is a, a lot of Nipopo type training. So right, it seemed like it. It's so awesome to, to see it in action there. Yeah, so, yeah. well, that's yeah. one of the things, too, is, you know, I, I've had people tell me, well, you can't put a, a prong collar or an e-collar on a killer whale. And I'm like, you can if it's big enough. Yeah. But really, you know, that's one where if they don't work, they don't, they don't eat. eat. Exactly. And if there's causing problems, you know, what can you do? Like their punishment is social isolation. So, I noticed there was right. three of them out and two of them were in the back. I don't know how many they have there. Right. But, you know, holy cow, those tanks aren't huge yeah. for that many. Right. Uh, and I know it was just that. So I hope they have some place where they can, you know, have fun and relax. And, yeah. But my dog also doesn't live in a tank at SeaWorld. My dog lives in my house where people come and go. Right. So, you know, dogs come and go. I, I take them out in public. So they have to have a higher level of training. And training. one thing I like that they did bring up was that these are all natural behaviors that they've been able to encourage, encourage. through training. Right. And um, that's uh, when we capture natural behavior behaviors on dogs yeah. um, and, and show the dogs that we like those natural behaviors, um, we, get, we get them repeating it with heart and soul. You got more it. More and more. Yep. Yeah, yep. That's so, how you do it. Yeah. So, and you don't have to take your chamois and want to walk down the road. You no, know, people no. don't come over and visit him. No. Nope. He's in his tank. Yeah. He doesn't leave his tank and go eat people. <laughs> Hopefully. Unless at night. That could be a really cool comic book series. Oh, I'll tell Luke. Man, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was neat. Now we don't have the season pass to no. SeaWorld, but it was really cool. And yeah. I kind of would have liked to have gone back to that. Yeah. Uh, so so we have that. A um, couple other things I want to make sure we talked about. Um, Django, to give you his update, he uh, right now, so he is like four and a half months old. Um, he is huge. I was looking at video of him today. Oh my gosh, from versus whenever he was little tiny. Yeah. I tried to do pictures, but pictures doesn't do justice unless he's up against he, one of the other dogs. He is literally the same height as Gypsy already. On his bum. On his bum, yeah. Yeah, he's ass high right now. Yeah, he's like, he's growing butt first right now. <laughs> <laughs> butt first. Right. Apparently horses, yeah. yeah. So I, I was talking to one of them. They're like, yeah, we call that ass high. And I'm like, yeah. that's what he is. Yeah. Um, but Rich doesn't like using naughty, naughty cuss, cuss words. Oh, so he's bum high. Bum high. But, uh, but yeah, he, and he worked for breakfast this morning and I mm -hmm. fed him instead of just some treats. Like he actually got his full and he was like so sleepy snoozy the rest of the day. It was nice. Yeah. So he is going to be doing that for a while to see, because if he needs that for growth, like, dude, I want mm -hmm. him to be as big as he can. I will feed that dog. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so we had him out now. He went to group on Saturday. We had group class and he did super. He was a wonderful demo dog. Uh, we were playing with the clack clack today and he was a little bit like, I don't know about this. You look crazy. No, he did clack clack, but it's been a couple weeks since we've done clack clack. Right. So we see this a lot with people, you know, we might work on something in class or when we're together, mm -hmm. but they don't work on it on their own. And then, yeah, then they're like, well, he did it fine last week. Well, that's not this week. But, you know, yeah. towards the end, he was like, woohoo. But the cat was in there and, mm -hmm. you know, he wanted to go check out the litter box. Uh, now, here's a weird thing that he started doing, because, again, I want to share the negatives and the positives with you, is he started at night. I take off his e-collar and I put him mm -hmm. in his crate, and he started to just bark like an idiot. Mm. Just like he an idiot for nothing. Was off. Right? So now he's wearing the collar and I just rotate it throughout the day. Right. And uh, it'll come off while it gets charged. But, you know, it's kind of like he wanted that on him yeah. so he could be good and calm. I don't know if he saw the cat. I don't know if he heard something. I don't know if it was, yeah. you know, Zoe that he saw, if it was Rich coming in. I don't care. It was annoying. Yeah. Like, I don't want to wake up to that. And I can just yeah. tap him and then he goes to sleep and then I can go to sleep. So, so um, I. 
So to prevent necrosis, if you have to wear the collar, you have to change the points. So yeah, exactly. The nice thing with the chameleon is I can take them yeah. and move them to different mm -hmm. contact, contact points. I can yeah. rotate the collar a bit myself so, if I want right. to, so, uh, you know, and I can change from the, the feathers, which we have in, to the points, points. so yeah. we can really totally change them so, up. It's so... Yeah, we'd like to give the dogs a break, and if they're good in their crate, you can give them a break from the collar. Yeah. But if they're if you're having to do some discipline, some correction while they're in the crate, they're going to need the collar. But change the points so at night the points are in a different spot. You take the feathers off, and you have points on at night, or yeah. you know you move the feathers around. I know it's kind of a pain, but but know, it's best to save your dog's neck. Best to save your dog's neck. Yeah. So, yeah, and like I said, he seems happier with it on through the night, which is the weirdest thing. Um, and, like, right now he's sleeping. Yeah. You heard them earlier, guys. They were really being obnoxious, and I do apologize. But right now he's sleeping over by the bed. He's just out. Gypsy's right behind yeah. us. She's out. You know, that was kind of, like, the last hurrah. So I wonder if he'd be okay because, you know what? He hasn't had a potty accident in, I think, two to three weeks. Wow, that's great. So, you know, I think four months old was his time. I tell people yeah. aim on six, but he's just a freaking genius. What can I say? Yeah. So maybe we can even try letting him out through the night and just see what he does. And then if he's obnoxious, toss him in the street. Toss back in the crate. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's Jenga, what we're working on. Oh, here's one of the things we worked on today. It was fantastic. I haven't told you this yet. We, I, I've been working with sit down and stand. Right. Okay. Because I want a solid stand for him for brace for mobility stuff, um, for exams and everything else. So we're working and he, I was trying to get him to go in the class and he didn't want to. So he downed. So I click, I toss him, you know, half a treat. And, uh, and then I asked him to down mm -hmm. and then I told him to stand and I went to move my foot and he stood up before I could move my foot. He got wow. it. He does stand. He does stand. That is something I missed um, with Holstein. I uh, always had him sit and then down, and I never asked him to stand. And it's an important command. It is. Yeah. And um, it was a difficult learning process for him to learn to do. It's because he's a giant. No? Yeah. <laughs> to go from down to stand. Yeah. He always wanted to sit and then stand. So we do drills of stand down stand down stand down and then he gets a big reward we yeah. don't get a reward uh every with every command okay so we I, i'll do it in like sets of three then a set of five then a set of three and then uh, he'll get a whole handful and it okay. just uh with you know when he does the five i give him bigger reward Perfect. with three he gets a smaller reward yeah. and if he doesn't do it at all he gets put in the crate. Yeah. Now, so, so I have a question for you. Whenever you do that, do you click for him each time and then just give him a treat at the end? Uh, for uh, for each time each time he goes down, I click, yes. But okay. I don't release. I don't end it. I don't say. Um, so I know um, click and yes are the same, but my release is more like yes. Okay. So that ends it and he expects a treat. But I do the click. Um, so it's like a... a I'm not act activating using the click as an activation is a click is yes, you did that. You did that right, okay. but you're not done yet. Okay. So it's, it's, um, down, click, stand, click, down, click, stand, click, down, click, stand, click, reward. Yes. Okay. And reward. Okay. So, so yes is ending the, the, the whole cycle, the whole cycle and releasing them to you. No, yeah. that works. I'm just wondering, cause um, we had one of the dogs that we had in for boot camp today and just to create some frustration, yeah. I said, uh, you know, like, how about we try this today? And we did, I think it worked out, but we'll see. Cause it's not just one day, you know, but the dog was just a little bit, you know, sluggish on things. So I said, you know, 
as she was working with the the different ones, I'm like, let's click and not treat her and see what she does. Yeah. You know, build up some frustration. Frustration. And this is frustration. This builds yeah. up frustration for Holstein. Yeah. And and if he doesn't do it, so sometimes he'll 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 just say, No, I don't want to do that by barking at me. <laughs> and that's snarkiness, and he just goes to the crate. So Right. Yeah. 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 So, you know, you kind of want that. And, uh, and for some of the dogs is build up that frustration and see what happens with it. Right. But, uh, I don't want him barking at night for sure. Right. <laughs> no, when I'm trying to sleep, that's not a fun way to get woken up. I know I'm going to learn from you and from Bart is how to activate, how to use the e-collar as an activation for that. I can still use the click as a confirmation that you did it, yep. but, um, that is where my next step is to okay. use that e-collar to activate okay so yeah with that too yeah. i'm gonna talk about a little bit here um for the click is supposed to re release release have the dog come to you right right so that's where the um chameleon three has mm -hmm. a, the zero setting button which is right. basically a little clicker so that can be your stay in behavior or you can use like good 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 or yes 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 to stay in behavior with the click to, to so that would be my click yeah uh, Okay. So, for, well, like I said, I was playing yeah. around with it with the clicker clicker to see yeah. because, you know, if I want him to down and to stay in that down, I would use the zero, 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 zero. 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 Um, okay. Or I would say doubt in room service him some treats. We were doing that with one of the dogs right. who was out yesterday, uh, you know, working on down. And the owner had been telling, you know, down, mm -hmm. down down yeah and i said well no when we sit down i said we're gonna room service so we're doing that and of course the dog's like i love you you have good treats <laughs> um but yeah. you know there's different things to play and try and what works for one dog might not work for yours right um but you know we were doing the clicker stuff and uh, and so i was trying that with him and then with roma as well you know clicker and they're like where's my treat and i'm like nope you got to work again mm. and they're like son of a god and if you're quick with that sit so how you're going to activate it is at the same time on not on one yeah Sit, sit with the e-collar when okay. the dog's in position click release him to come to you okay maybe even before he gets to you tell him to do something else Turn right. down okay with the activation with the, again at the same time at the same time so whenever right. you say down yeah. at the same, same time, time sit, sit come touch okay. touch okay indicate and In jump Okay. So Tug. Anything. At the same time. At the same, same time. time. So I can't okay. do it. You have to do it because I'm going to be a little bit behind. Right. But if you do it at the right. same time, right. that's, that's going to be your activation. Now, if he blows you off and he's like, I'm not sitting, and you touch it afterwards, that's the correction. That's correction. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's basically but how it goes. But we there's more to it. We would have to turn it. it up from zero for correction, right? Well, one could be your your... Zero yeah. is the clicker, clicker one. One would be what I would have for activation. activation. And then what I would do would be you can use the same level. Oh. So there's ah, for correction. Okay. You can't. It's the timing ah, that makes the difference. The timing. We had this conversation okay. in one of the Facebook groups. Yeah. You know, yeah. what is it? Why is it a correction or a punishment? I'm like, I don't like the term punishment. Correction. You know, so yeah. I like correction. Um, because punishment seems to me, you know, like I'm going to punish you and whoop you, you know, yeah. and it's like, that's not what no, we do. It's not. Um, but, you know, so there's more to it than that. So, like, right. how do you know if your correction's effective mm -hmm. if they stop the crap stop and get back the, to the behavior? Right, and get back to behavior. Um, right. You know, versus, say, an aversive where I don't ever want you to do that again. So there's that's differences. That's when you turn it up. Aversive right. is when, yeah. Yeah, and danger it, is getting ready to happen to you or something right. else. Right. And, 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 I need you to jump out of that behavior. So yeah. I... Aversive corrected Django because he was 
two things he was doing at two separate times. One of them was he was trying to eat the floor mat in the bathroom. Mm. The other one is he pulled my underwear out of the hamper and he was trying to get it the whole way out so he can run off with it and put it in the yard. Oh, no. Because, you know, yeah. fun Django times. Both times, I didn't have his, well, I didn't have the remote for his e-collar. It was in here and I was in the bathroom with him and it was just an uh-uh. He was like, oh, okay. But there was nothing. Like, I wasn't like, no. Yeah. I wasn't like, uh-uh. It was just, uh-uh. And he was like, oh, crap. Okay, fine. He's going to go back and try it again, I'm sure, next time. But, you know, it did work to stop that behavior stop. and go into anything else that's acceptable. And what he did is he came and he lay down and he looked at me. Like, come on, do you have a treat? Oh, okay. uh, but like I said, there was no stem. There was no prong. There was no pops. There was no yelling. There was no yeah. bongers, no pet convincers. It was just, uh-uh. So, yeah, that's the important thing just to remember there is if we put emotion behind our corrections, um, we're actually rewarding them. Yeah. Uh, just think about uh, children, the same thing, if you put emotion. So I just I was on NPR not too long ago, a uh, big study that they just did on, on toddler temper tantrums. Okay. Yeah, so remember me telling you about yeah, that? Yeah, I do. I liked it. Um, so... Basically, they, they uh, through this big research study, um, said every toddler temper tantrum has the same exact phases. And, um, and uh, I can't remember each phase. <laughs> um, so there's the, um, the ramping up phase, I believe. And then, um, uh, then that peaks. And they said it always peaks at the same amount of time. Um, and then there's the uh, recovery phase. Um, so in the ramping up phase, that's when the kid is, is angry and, and getting louder and louder and, and, and uh, hitting things or themselves or whatever. And then there's the phase of recovery when that's when the kid starts whining, starts crying and whining. And um, so th they basically said, is if you don't give emotion, you let them ramp up, they're going to get to that, um, uh, the, they all end at the same time if you don't give, uh, if you don't give attention to it, if you don't give emotion to it. Um, and they all recover within the same. The only time when these temper tantrums got worse is if you contributed emotion to it. So, um, so they basically, uh, the, the whole theory of, uh, putting a kid um, uh, in a timeout has its merits only because you're putting the kid in a safe place where they can get through their their temper tantrum. They ramp up and then they come down to the recovery. And um, I, there was some magic time of when you can start hugging your child and it ends it quicker uh, because you're not um, you're not uh, you're not doing it too early. So if you start hugging your child and, and impeding your child's moment too early, you actually increase the level, the how long they're in that phase, because you're you're adding emotion to it. Yeah. So, so but basically, it, it, um, I would have to look it up and send you the link so you can um, share that with people. The yeah, details about most it. definitely. But it applies to dogs um, when you're trying to correct a dog that's getting snarky or having a fit or whatever. Um, if you if you correct with emotion, you you can actually reward the dog and keep that behavior going uh, instead of stopping that behavior. Because any so, attention is good attention. Exactly. And so, I used to feel bad whenever I was a kid, and we'd see you know we'd be in grocery checkout line or whatever, and there was like the Star magazine with yeah. you know like 
Fergie and Di get pissed off at the queen again. And I'm like, oh, those poor people are like, this rock singer hates this pop singer and they just went at it. And I'm like, oh, those poor people. Then I found out, no, they like it. They mm -hmm. purposely put that stuff up yeah. there because any attention is yeah. good attention. And I'm like, oh, okay. Then you see the kids out with the parents and the kids yeah. are obnoxious and the parents give them attention and the kids good and they don't get attention. And mm -hmm. I see that whenever I'm out with dogs because mm -hmm. that's what I look at. Mm -hmm. And the dogs are obnoxious and oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. The dogs are fine and they get ignored, mm -hmm. you know? So that's, you always want to catch them doing what you want them to do and market. Market, Reward exactly. Them. Reward the, what, the behavior you love. Yeah. And um, uh, ignore, not, so keep the dog safe and other people safe, but uh, don't give emotion to the behaviors that you don't want. Yeah. Yeah. Correct ignore it, what you can, but correct, correct what you can. Without emotion. Don't don't say no, 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 no. You know, don't be like a broken record. And <laughs> and don't yell and, and give emotion to it. Right. So, so know, Luke, so. when we were at the Comic Con, mm -hmm. well, the next day, he went up with Rich on Sunday and he got this ugly necklace. And so he comes home Sunday wearing this ugly necklace. Monday he's wearing it and Tuesday he's wearing it. And Wednesday, Rich is gone. He had gone to do something. And I said, okay, what is up with the ugly necklace? And he starts telling me about it. And he's like, well, it took you long enough to notice. And I'm like, actually, I noticed it Sunday, but I was trying to hold, ignore it. Maybe it'll go away. And it didn't work. <laughs> and so, and it was, it had like this jingle bell thing on it. And I'm like, look, I don't let, I don't have dog tags on my dog's collars because I don't want the jingle through the house. Like it yeah. aggravates me. It's the nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. Uh, you know, I said, I really don't want that. And so we had a fun argument. I'm like, I don't want it in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Pop the bell thing out of it if you want to wear it. But, um, but you know, like mm -hmm. ignoring can sometimes mean it's okay. Yeah. So if I'm going to do this and Karen doesn't say anything to right. stop me from it, you right. know, like maybe that's okay. So I'll continue doing it because it's fun. Yes. That's why we have to let an adult dog do a simple correction to a puppy because the puppy thinks it's going to be okay if you allow it, keep allowing um, them to nip at you or pull right. on your ear or whatever. Yeah, well, and so for some yeah, puppies, so. too, it's like around six months old, they have a puppy pass until then. So they can right. kind of get away with murder until then. But afterwards, the, the adult has to be able to give has that to correction. Give that correction. You, oh, you like, need to he is huge. He needs yeah. that correction now, even though he's four and a half you months. You need to advocate for that older dog that gave that correction. But yes. also, you need, to you need to tell your puppy, that's enough. You need to stop that behavior. Yeah. That dog was correct in doing that correction. So yeah. Zoe used to be yeah. great at giving corrections to other dogs. And then she got old and crotchety. <laughs> yeah. Now she's just kind of like, I hate you all whippersnappers. And that's what they would have learned from staying in their pack with their mom and, yeah. and the other uh, adults, old ladies. Old ladies. Yeah. So, right. And we we're their pack. So we need to show them. Yeah, we do. What's allowed, what's yeah, it's allowed. part of bringing them into right. our lives and right. our households. They have to know the difference between good and bad and ugly. Yep. Uh, one last thing I wanted to make sure we covered, and then if you guys have any questions, please feel free to, to jot them in, is where to find your service or candidate. So I got a call today, and I get these type of calls often, um, and the woman wanted to know where to find a service or candidate. And she told me she would like to pull the dog from the shelter. And I said, no. Yes. Uh, and what I told her is a good dog is going to cost you two to 3000 or more um, for a good solid candidate. And that means health tested, temperament tested. Um, you don't want 
a dog who has excellent hips, but who's aggressive. You yeah. don't want a dog who, well, I'm sorry, you can't go see the mama and the dad because they're out back because they're too aggressive to meet people. Yeah. You want the dog who can, you might not meet the dad, which is fine. You should meet the mom. Don't meet them in a parking lot somewhere and swap puppy for money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, see if you can see. Now, if I don't want tons of people traipsing through my house when I have a puppy, like that's fine, but you're going to be able to see video of them. You're going to have been able to come beforehand and meet up with her. Um, mm. But you know, I don't want that. I went to one place and they had a plastic bin with a bleach towel and you had to go step on the bleach towel to go in, um, you know, just to kill off anything that you might happen to have. And we might, where we get to that point, I don't know. But uh, where do you find a service dog candidate? Well, you talk to reputable breeders. What is a reputable breeder? One who does health testing. Health testing is not, my bite says he's healthy. Mm -hmm. Health testing. Here's the vet health certificate. Right. Health testing is like this. This is Gypsy's prelims for her OFAs, um, showing that she has fair hips and she has normal elbows, um, which is what we wanted. Mm -hmm. um, you know, fair is passing. There's excellent, mm -hmm. good fair. Those are all passing. Then there's borderline mild hip dysplasia, moderate hip dysplasia, and severe hip dysplasia. We didn't want any of those. So we're good to go with the fair. Especially the the vet had told me with her temperament. Yes, definitely. Don't discount uh, temperament. Uh, fair hips and great temperament are better than good hips and horrible temperament. Or excellent hips and aggressive. Or excellent <laughs> hips and aggressive. Exactly. So so yeah. So we have that. Um, that's what you want. So she goes her for. I not think this Saturday. I think next Saturday, mm -hmm. um, or the following Saturday. I don't know. Some Saturday mm -hmm. this month. She goes up to. Uh, Ocala for her eyes and her heart mm -hmm. um, to get those tested and then she will have all of that done mm -hmm. uh, and that's what we wanted to do now Dobermans are a lot more testing involved right. super fun um, now if what? you're not going to go with a breeder how, how to find what I tell people especially I like Goldens mm -hmm. Mid Florida Golden Retriever Club you can contact them and see mm -hmm. um, you can just Google search Florida Golden Retriever Breeders you don't want to see you know, Mr. Joe met up with Mrs. Maisie and here's their puppies. You right. want to see the fancy schmancy titles. Right. Um, you would like titles. So her daddy is like some super supreme champion and her mama um, wasn't. Her mom didn't get her champion, but like in her genealogy, it's all like champions and stuff more so than the obedience. Because um, I figured, you know, I wanted mellow and show dogs are more mellow usually than working dogs or hot dogs. Um, but if you can't go with like an AKC group, an AKC club person, you know, start just Googling and reaching out. Mm -hmm. um, find out if dogs have gone on to be service dogs or therapy dogs. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. And if something Parents, sounds too good, it probably is. Probably is. So the risk of adopting a shelter dog or um, finding a dog. Um, so two dogs that I have. Uh, for service and um, one's in training so the other one is a service dog but Holstein has cost me a lot for his health yeah um, so because you're saving money initially by um, adopting a uh, mixed breed or unknown dog with an unknown history for like or, 50 bucks from the shelter yeah, for some of them you know um, is not going to save you money in the long run it could actually cost you more because you don't know uh, because that dog may end up having allergies, um, health problems. Uh, the uh, you may end up paying more for training and uh, uh, um, because of bad genetics, you know, of of having um, issues genetically. Remember, 
um, temperament is about genetics. Yeah. So um, there are dogs that are bred with certain temperaments um, that uh, that have to be bred out. Uh, so a mixed dog could have the bad temperaments that were bred out in a purebred dog. Yeah. So um, you're well, not saving say money by by getting a shelter dog for your service dog and you need a reliable healthy dog well you want to make sure that yeah. not only the parents health tested and good temperament right. but you want to know who the parents are right. you want to know how big the dog's going to get because right. if i adopt the mixed breed rescue dog yeah, from the no, shelter no is idea. he going to be a 15 pound dog or a right. 150 pound dog if i need mobility i can't do a 15 pound dog right if i also don't want to do a 150 pound dog even if i needed mobility it's just right. too massive to go anywhere right. uh, i don't i don't think that they've been fully vetted Right. They right. haven't had the proper health protocols. They haven't had the proper socialization, the proper diet, the proper supplements that they would need for, for continued optimal health. Right. Um, you know, you hear about hybrid vigor. You know, that's yeah. the doodles are supposed to be hybrid vigor. It's not true. Right. So are all the pit bulls. And the pit bulls have more ACL and skin issues than any other breed right. that I've, I've seen that I've been around. And they're the most mixed. <laughs> yeah, they and are. And that's supposed to be vigor. Right. Yeah, and so, they have more problems. Yeah, they could get the best. Know. They can also get the worst, like you were right. just saying. And it's right. it's sad. We don't want that to happen. And you're looking. Your service dog is a tool for your disability. You're not going to take a risk with that. Are you going to buy a uh, used wheelchair that uh, sight unseen that you don't know if it's got rusted screws in it and. Uh, um, rusted screws is like skin issues, okay? Or, you know, right. um, rusted screws and the webbing of the seat is worn out um, and you're going to pay for it uh, sight unseen. I mean, you know, we're talking, yeah. you know, your, your, your health, this dog is a tool for, to mitigate your disability. Yeah. So don't skimp on it. And, and there's ways if you're like, well, I really just can't afford yeah. there's fundraising. We have a whole podcast episode on fundraising, uh, you know, so you could do that. Uh, you can talk to breeders. Right. Sometimes they have older dogs who washed up. Wash. Kate's here because yeah. she couldn't, um, she wasn't the show dog that they were right. looking for. So she has an awesome They washed out for show, but they're great. They have oh the my gosh, she would be a fantastic perfect. service dog. Right. right. Uh, you know, I adore that dog. Oh my gosh, I have to get in contact with her breeder because she's yeah. just, she's phenomenal. She's so mellow. Mm -hmm. Like nothing phases her. Yeah. So we got a couple of comments here. Larissa says, I had two rescues wash out for aggression. I volunteer for a rescue. My pet dogs will always be rescues, but my service dog and service dog and training will never be again. And that's a good example of, it of, is. of what can happen. And the time it takes to get to the point where you wash out your dog um, and you could have started off with a dog with a clean genetic history. Yeah, I talk with. to people who like wash yeah. out a dog every year and they never have a dog who's good. And I'm like, you realize mm -hmm. if you would have worked with me from the beginning, you'd have a working, working service, service dog, dog by now. By now. Yeah. Uh, and it's sad. And then we have another one here. Purebred doesn't mean well-bred. Correct. Totally. Yeah, Correct. I love that. Yeah. Um, so, so that now here's one fun thing. I don't know if you, if I told you or not. Um, we've since we work with pet dogs, some of the pet dogs that we work with have aggression issues, and some of them are really bad. Is in less than four months old and already trying to go after people to kill them. Oh not, not a puppy bite. Yeah. Not a puppy no. bite. But like has bitten numerous people in the face and hands and legs and. You know, in a f under four month old puppy, like that is nature. That's not nurture. Right. Um, pit bulls are not great and only bad if people make them bad. Like it's genetics. 
for the dogs who have issues. And I don't care what breed it is. Right. It's genetics for the Goldens who have issues. It's not because somebody yeah. abused them. It was because of genetics uh, yeah. for the most part. Now it could be because someone abused them too, but genetics plays a huge factor here and people don't ever take it into account. So, so we've had some dogs and people who want to rehome their dog usually try to do it on their own or they'll contact a breed rescue. If they can't do it on their own for whatever reason, which I totally understand, right. um, you know, trying to vet it and do the right thing for your dog isn't always easy, but you're not going to take that dog usually and dump them at the county shelter that's overflowing with dogs. You're going to contact a breed rescue who can take them right in. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to try to place them on your own. You're going to go on Facebook. You're going to go on Craigslist. You're going to talk to your friends. You're going to post it around town that you have a dog available if somebody's looking. People who don't, um, the dogs who end up in shelters are a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times these dogs were biting people in the face. Right. Who are biting kids in the face before they're four months old. Um, who have these massive issues or dogs who get out. Um, my sister actually had rescued a dog. Mm -hmm. She has a bunch of dogs. Um, her kid walked one of them. This was after they had the dog, I think like four months. Mm -hmm. uh, her kid walked one of them. Great kid. Love him. My nephew. He's awesome. Um, and came back in and one of the dogs that she had went after the dog that he just walked in with. Wow. They're fighting. She can't get the dog off of the, mm -hmm. the, the walk dog. Um, she calls her husband. Her husband finally comes down, tosses the dog into the yard so he can figure out, you know, who's been bit, what's going on here. So my sister was bit. The one dog, his ear was wow. torn, but they toss him into the fence yard. Mm -hmm. The dog jumps the fence and That's takes off. Nice they thing. cruise around trying to find the dog. They can't find the dog anywhere. Mm. That's the type of dog who gets picked up by animal control, right? Right, right. You know, and, and who's going to try? Shelter. Right. Yeah. yeah. Are they going to try to find him? They. I, I don't know if she did or not. I assume she did, but you know, like if that was no, like I would you? Yeah. I don't care what happens to that dog afterwards. Yeah. Like he bit you. Right. He mauled you. He bit your dog. He. What yeah. if he could have got the kid? You know. Right. So the unknown history of yep. a, a rescue dog. Um, you don't yep. know if they've been if they came from. Uh, if they bit have a bite history, yeah. you don't know if their parents had a bite history. Yeah. Um, so, so, so and what it's happens? Not about whether they've been abused or not. It's not about, at all. It's about genetics and, and why did they end up there in the first place? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then she found them and she was like, "Oh, I'm going to give them a good home," and she yeah. tried to. But love doesn't fix everything either, well, and doesn't. genetics plays such a huge part. So, what happens to you know Joe Bob, who wants a service dog and he wants to do a good wholesome thing and go and adopt the dog from the shelter and he goes and he picks this dog who just mauled my sister's dog and oh, her yeah or this dog who's been aggressive since he was four months old because that's a lot of times what we see now again not always i mean shelter dogs can make great pets but what we're looking at is an olympic athlete when we're looking mm -hmm. at a service dog yeah. we yeah. are looking at the cream of the crop and whenever you have specific breeding programs for this with these mm -hmm. different program dogs only about half of them make it as service yeah. dogs. The other ones are good pets. They might want to be therapy dogs. They might want right. to be different type of service dogs, but they don't all cut it as service dogs. And these are not specially bred for it. Right. So it's something that I do warn everybody, you know, if you're going to put all that time, energy and money into training up your dog, all that hope. And that's, mm -hmm. I think the biggest yeah. thing, that hope oh, for your future. future. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to have a dog who is healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's where, you know, I want right. a well-bred dog. Uh, you know, apparently people are starting to mix um, Goldens and Labs, oh. you know, and I, both of them have health issues. I don't know if I'd do that. Yeah. I don't know what I'd mix with a Golden. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't be a Malinois. I'm <laughs> saving my Malinois for a Doberman because I think that'd yeah. still be awesome, even though Rich keeps telling yeah. me no. Um, and I had to promise no if we were going to get them both. Yeah. But, you know, 
you know, there's yeah. things that we need to do to improve the dog breeds. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, having, cause we had this conversation in one of the other Facebook groups yeah. uh, this week is, you know, cause governments have a lot of health issues. Yeah. And, you know, I think giving them a shot of yeah. uh, Malinois, you get the up ears, you get kind of similar body structure, you yeah. get not really similar coat, depending on if it's a smooth mal or not. Yeah. You know, I think that would do a nice, nice right. thing for them. Yeah. So a lot of these uh, issues that um, we're discovering, just like in humans, um, a lot of our um, disease issues are the same as what's happening with dogs. Uh, dogs have the same disease. DCM is heart disease, which is uh, which is a problem in humans too. Oh yeah. So what have we done that what we're yeah, crappy eating food. these dogs? <laughs> so it, it comes down to crappy food. Yeah. So I had hate to segue into something else, but hey, yeah, we can look at the nutrition of your dogs. Yeah. Um, if uh, so, going grain free is not. Uh, the best thing for for your dogs because it's grain free yep. or you're paying a lot of money or because it's a prescription diet from the vet. Um, the worst thing that we've done is actually make kibble for our dogs. So, so have you gone to whenever UF vet school has the open house in April, have you gone to those? Uh, I'm always working. <laughs> so we've gone so, to a few of them. And yeah. what we found is like yeah. science science will have bags of treats, small bags of food available for you for yeah. free pens and swag up the wazoo, wazoo. Yeah. they'll sometimes have the textbook because I've had clients who have been in vet school and sometimes they share information with me. Mm -hmm. The textbooks for nutrition. By science diet. Furnished by science diet, yeah. yeah. Um, when they're it's in school, marketing they get it really cheap. Yeah. They get it for like maybe, I think, a couple bucks a bag. Yeah. Uh, whenever they're vets, they can get food really cheap. Yeah. You know, so like you kind of get them in that way. They kind of reward you with trips to Hawaii. So if depending you, on what all you saw, if you saw Vicky's post about Z, DCM, it's all these big name high end dog foods are um, the dogs with um, that they're following that are are producing this these this this problem of DCM, um, and DCM is not genetic from what they're finding out. It's food related. Yep. So it's the blocking of the absorption of taurine. Yep. And um, so what's happening is that the kibble that we're feeding dogs, even though we're giving them taurine, that it's getting blocked from being absorbed. So um, taurine is an is a important um, amino acid for the health of a dog's heart to keep them from having dilated cardia, uh, cardiomyopathy, I believe is. Uh, it is. Yep. DCM yep. Is. So Kayla, so, who was our trainer. Yeah. Um, she also went to vet school. I had a lot of people who went to vet school when I went to when yeah. I lived in Gainesville. It was kind of nice. Yeah. But um, she um, bred Dobermans a couple mm -hmm. um, for a few years there, uh, and then she spayed, and then the other one got an emergency spay, and then she didn't mm -hmm. have. So there, she's looking into uh, to Dobermans in the future possibly. But um, she participated in the DCM study many, many, many years ago, mm -hmm. and the cardiologist who was heading it up. Also used me for training. Mm -hmm. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of dogs are dream dogs so, out there. Hey, so that's why um, we had uh, an episode about uh, diet and, and uh, nutrition. For, yeah. Uh, that was more about That was the last obesity. time Karen was on. That was more about weight loss and obesity and dogs. Yeah. But nutrition, balanced nutrition. And um, so make sure your, your dog is not blocking the essential amino acids yes. and that 
that your dog, if you feed your dog a raw diet or um, table food, that you're not just doing muscle meats. Yeah. So that's the other issue. Yeah, make sure they're just going to yeah. vary diet. You yeah. don't have to be like, what's well, 33 and a third percent of this, yeah. you know, but you also don't want to be like, no, he doesn't give me that. Right. And that's where, too, I like to suck it with fresh fruit and vegetables. Yes. And people will tell you, well, I don't eat that out in the wild, but then. Why is my dog eating grass? He must have an upset stomach. No, they, they so like it. Fresh fruit and vegetables, not canned. Well, so you can do canned, but you got to wash the salt out. But um, you got to avoid artificial sugars and, yeah. uh, and added salt. So you tell me so, don't do the canned fruit salad? Yeah. <laughs> the heavy canned syrup? Fruit salad is not <laughs> fresh. So artificial sugars and added sugars and added salts are not good for your dog. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, um, vary it up. You can cure reed vegetables and mix it with, with your dog's um, uh, kibble or. Yeah. Um, well, or you're supposed to food. with the salad stuff, yeah. you know, the leafy greens, yeah. um, the green beans, stuff like yeah. that. Uh, asparagus, you're supposed to blunder that down anyway to break down the cellular wall so the dog can do it. Loss, because right. dog's teeth are. Here's my anthropology background, which y'all have heard before, I'm sure. Um, majored in anthropology, one of the things they taught us is teeth dictate diet. Right. So because we have the front teeth here, right? Mm -hmm. Those are ripping, tearing teeth. If you look at your dog's yeah. teeth, they have the same mm -hmm. all the way around there. Their molars aren't like our molars. Now, if you look at cow's teeth, their molars, um, they have a, um, they don't have teeth. Right. On, I think it's one of them, top or bottom. They don't right. have teeth. Um, they just have like a heavy pad. And right. then the bottom is these big square molars. What do molars do? Molars grind. So that's for grain. That's for leafy greens. That's for everything. What do sharp incisor type front teeth do? They tear. rip and tear. Right. So dogs diet. So when people tell me I'm feeding my dog a vegan food because like that's what we do. I'm like, yeah. your dog's teeth dictate your diet. Your dog has teeth for a carnivore. We have right. a for an omnivore. We can eat anything. And then we've got the herbivore cows mm -hmm. in the back there. Right. And they are grinding that's what they do that's why they have right. four stomachs. stomachs right you know dogs don't have that they have a much shorter digestive tract so sometimes yeah. i'll give them like a leaf if it falls i do try to put it in the food processor and then mm -hmm. what i do is i'll take a silicone ice cube tray and mm -hmm. i will put the salady stuff in there and i stick it in the freezer yeah. and then i'll just give them one just to have okay, so yeah. yay <laughs> hey rich oh he must be outside yeah. our hay is here yay karen gets to see hay delivery uh here we got another comment the public is stupid at best. And if you take a dog out that has genetic problems, someone's going to get hurt. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. when. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you need to watch yeah. that. Um, you want a dog you don't have to worry about, which is one of the reasons why with Django, you know, mm -hmm. he is a Malinois. Malinois do love to bite. Mm -hmm. um, I don't recommend Malinois as service dogs. Wow, that hay is really fresh. Look mm -hmm. how green it is. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, my cows are going to love it. Um, but we, we also kind of annoy him and see what we can get away with. Mm -hmm. And he's teething now, so yeah. not his canines, but everything in the front on both oh, top and bottom are, are new, ah. are big boy teeth. Oh. Um, but the canines back are not, so that's going to oh. be hurty whenever he starts oh, going through those. Be, yeah. But like I said, it is nice because, um, you know, we, we get him out there mm -hmm. and in that. But notice. <laughs> Stop it. That's because the hay's here. Right? Rune's like, oh, I want to go out. And I'm like, no, we're not going out. And Django's like, but we could behave. Um, 
sorry about that. But yeah, so uh, so you you need to look at diet, but mm -hmm. you know, just because of that, he still eats. Gypsy loves mm -hmm. bananas. Mm -hmm. It's her favorite. Any fruit, any food is her favorite. Okay. She's a golden. She's a golden. But but she loves bananas. He yeah. loves bananas because he sees her eating when he's like, Well, I want some of that too. Yeah. So it's the best way to do it. Oh, something else I wanted to talk about with you here. Talk to numerous people in the last couple of weeks and they'll tell me weird things like my dog doesn't like to wear shoes, so I don't make them wear shoes. Oh, so just like you can train your dog to get to start cutting their nails. Yeah, to, to um, love it. Like Eric used it. to hate it and I loved it. Um, so the same thing with shoes. Um, that's uh, man, to sit, to use that as the reason why you're not protecting your dog's feet in this heat in Florida. Oh my yeah. goodness. Um so shoes, you just introduce them just like you do anything else brand new. You have it nearby, you click treat you know, for interest. Yep. Yeah, you have to name it, uh, name their feet, you know, name, uh, and touch the shoes or socks to their feet. And um, you'll be able to progress to putting the socks on or just, you know, just click and treat, click and treat until you want to eat. Yeah, this is what happens. This, you're going to wear the. You're going to and don't put the shoes on and let your dog go and wander around the house. No. Leash collar on, no. shoes, shoes on, on, and we're gone. We're walking. We're going. So you know, I know. I'm almost every dog does the shoe dance when they first. Pretty prancy pony. Yep. But um, I think the best best way to to do that is. Put them on and just get walking, get working. They forget about it. They're so, you know, uh, I had been uh, a long time since I put Holstein shoes on. Probably just, last summer. Probably last summer, yeah. I put them on and we just started walking. Yeah, he did the, the shoe dance, but yeah. Oh, he had his head fine. down. He was sad. Yeah, he was sad. But you carry treats, you know, I reward him for lifting his head up. And then by the time we're done, after he had his puppuccino at Starbucks, he was happy. He was good. So, well, the, too, yeah. like, my dog doesn't like a collar the first time I put it on him, a flat collar. He was like, Why are you putting this thing so on me? You're not going to use the luck. tool. Right? Tough yeah. luck. I don't no, care. Get over it. You know? Um, uh, here so. back to DCM. We got a comment. DCM does have a genetic component. Golden's endeavors are both at risk. It's hard to get out of the gene pool because then it would, it's not often found until six or seven years old. So it'd be the dog's grandkids. We've got to stop breeding. Correct. However, it's not just the genetic component. It is also the so food, food component. That's why. And they're finding food is being, being a big trigger. Now you could say, well, that's just Purina saying rot, rot, rot. Yeah, I think Purina's doing just fine on its own and they don't need to start like making up studies for things. Um, but it is. So there's also a genetic test you can do for DCM1 and DCM2 two. for the Dobermans. Right. But that will test part of the genetic because component. Because you have the genes, does that mean it's been activated? So that's. Karen's a nurse. That is the key, and that's why these studies are ongoing at UF, at UF um, Veterinarian Hospital, uh, Veterinarian School. These studies are ongoing. What they're finding is that there are many Dobermans carrying that gene, but it's not activated. And just like cancers, we carry cancers in our body, and our body, our immune system, um, uh, takes care of those cancers, and they don't become active. Um, and so, so did you, you watch South Park. Did you see the South Park with Canada? I don't, I don't Oh my God. I need to show not. you the South. You yeah. guys have to watch the South Park with Canada because what yeah. happens in the South Park with Canada, I actually have the clip right here. I will show you whenever we're done. Um, with this, um, Stan, 
you know, one of the characters in it, um, gets addicted to playing this Canadian game where you get like Canada and, and you can build things in Canada. And it's basically like a scam to get money from it. Oh. But he doesn't know why, so he summons the devil. And the devil tells him basically what you just said is you have all these genes in your body. And, you know, like say you're diabetic and you have these genes for, you know, you have the genes for diabetic, but you're not diabetic. You need a bunch of sugar and you get effed up. And now, bam, your switch is flipped and you're now diabetic. Right. And it's a very simple way of putting it. But every time I think of that, and so I saved it here in my Dropbox. I, I, I put it on the TV yeah. and I recorded it. Because, you know, it's something that people can relate to because, you know, South Park. Yeah. yeah. But but it's, you know, I'm sure it's that way for this. Yeah. And not every dog who expresses it is going to have it and suffer. And it's going to be yeah. breeds other than just Goldens and Dobermans. But having Goldens yes. and Dobermans, um, if you listen to podcasts from last year, mm -hmm. uh, we are feeding for health and or maybe even a raw diet. Starting in December, we started feeding um, Purina Pro Plan. And that is our our household food for the dogs. Um, all of them are on it um, because I worry about DCM and Purina yeah. is actually done studies. Right. They're one of the ones who have done all the, the food testing, the right. food trials to make sure of it. Other ones just pop up and they're like, all natural. Yeah. It's all good. Holistic and healthy. Okay. Made with kangaroo yeah. tongues because you know, that's what we do. Kangaroo tongues and lentils. <laughs> And then I thought you asked that because I was Canadian. No, it's oh my gosh, I love South Park. There's a few episodes that are like my favorite, and the gluten one. Since we talked about gluten, yeah. so your guys' homework is to watch the Canada one and, and to watch the gluten one. Yeah, because they're the, the best. One. I did. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so so you have those, and and not saying that we have the answer. You know, everyone's no, opinion. No. Now, this is one thing I try to tell Luke because he's still doing the school stuff. And I'm like, just because it's written in your book, just because your teacher teaches it, doesn't mean it's the truth. It's true. Right. It means it's what your teacher believes or what the author of the book believed. Right. And that took me so long to realize because yeah. I didn't believe that in school. I believed that, like, well, I read it. It's in a book. It must be true. Nowadays, kids have Facebook and they have Lincoln saying about, you know, like, mm -hmm. don't believe everything you read on the Internet just because there's a picture of a famous person. And I think that's really true. And I think that's something that we need to make sure that this generation understands as well. You know, Rich's mom was from the south mm -hmm. from alabama and so was the grandma well the grandma called it though there wasn't the civil war it was the war northern invasion <laughs> right yeah. why it was because yeah. they were so jealous that we had yeah you know our slaves and we treated them so well and you know they were jealous of our money and they were jealous of our plantations and and it's just mm -hmm. it's the funniest thing because that's as a northern child born in pennsylvania in mm -hmm. connecticut lived there wisconsin lived there like I wasn't down south till Luke was born in Kentucky, you know, and even that's kind of one of them borderline states, but it's weird because Florida's not really a southern state. We're just kind of like <laughs> a vacation state. <laughs> but, but you know, it's it's funny because your perception of things and like what you hear, what you know, what you read about, it's going to be how you're, you influence. It's going to influence how, how you see the world. And, um, you know, just because somebody says, like somebody says, well, you have to train the diabetic alert dogs with the normal sense. No, you don't. Like, think about it. Like, let's use... When Rich and Luke come out, if I'm in the kitchen cooking something, a lot of times they'll come out, what are you making? I don't answer them. And I look mm -hmm. at them and I said, let's use our contextual clues. Yeah. See the recipe books out. Mm -hmm. Like you can look at it and yeah. see. Now I have pepperoni and sausage and green pepper and onion. I'm rolling out a big thing of dough and I have two big circles on the counter here. What do you think I'm doing? Cannolis? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hamburgers. It's, yeah, but yeah, that's, I'm like, you know, and then they're like, oh, and I'm like, you know, if you want to talk to me, I'm happy, but you know, like I, I want people to use more deductive reasoning right. to ask themselves why, what happens if I do this? So when research comes out, 
look at the strength of the research. Yeah. How many how, how many uh, dogs did they study? Was it six or six hundred or six hundred or yeah. six thousand? And um, that, what yeah. breeds did they study? Yeah. What food? What foods did they evaluate? Did they yeah. evaluate only the high end foods, or did they evaluate only uh, um, kibble, or did they evaluate? You know, um, you got to look at the whole study and not just take it. Uh, and you, did they have a control? Was it blind? You know, so um, you got poor blind people. They need to have jobs too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you know, don't take media reports of um, you know uh, that a study came out for you know. That's why sometimes that's why you keep hearing eggs are good for you, eggs are bad for you, bacon's good for you, bacon's bad for you because oh, they're um, both good for you. They taste so mm -hmm. nummy. Um, because these studies are not uh, strong stu- uh, they're studies, not, no. and, and they're they're um, a lot of times they're um, doing a meta analysis of other of surveys. Um, that's like the worst um, uh, strength on a on a research is is uh, self reported surveys um, and then uh, concluding statistics on that. Right. So we noticed this. So we had a client years yeah. ago. She had a Malinois and a border collie. And the Malinois was a puppy and she was an older woman and she brought her, brought the dog to the training center for group classes. So she signed up for our package of, I think like three group classes. And at the final group class, she comes in, she gives us this packet of information and she leaves after class. You know, I'm like, Oh, okay. So later on, whenever classes were all over for the day, I open up the packet I had no idea what it was. I figured it was like a like maybe a dog print or something. No, it was a bunch of posy stuff on why we shouldn't train the way we train. That her sisters are trainer mm-hmm. somewhere else, and she just believes that only positive reinforcement. And that's the best way to train a dog is only using positive reinforcement. And that even though we've been voted best of Gainesville for the last, I want to say seven years now, um, it, it, no one's ever heard of that before. And she thinks I'm making it up, but I'm like, yeah, I'm making it up. Um, I can show you the emails showing it, you know, like I'm not asking for it. I keep getting them. Um, cause we're awesome, but you know, like all this stuff. And so I get annoyed, but mm-hmm. Rich is like, well, I want to read them. So he reads them and what he noticed mm-hmm. in all this, there's a, there's a reason behind all this is not only because sometimes we do work with weirdos. Um, but this one study said this, okay. And well, you read that that study. Well, that study referenced another study. They referenced mm-hmm. the first study. So like all they do is self-reference each other. Right. They don't really have anything to uh, to shoot, prove. They can't stand on their own. Right. You know, they only stand because of this other study. Well, and because you know that other study only stands because you know like we're making assumptions on what's going to happen. Right. Theories that have not been proven either way. Yep. And uh and yet they're being cited as as, as proof fact and fact right yeah holy scripture yeah yeah so uh so yeah that's yeah. you know it was hysterical i think i still have that because rich wanted me to scan it in to send it um you know but it's something that you need to keep in mind like these people who spot the pop positive positive Again, that's a reason why we've had people coming in, you know, and, and talking to where they've been working on the same thing for months now. Yes. And they're not getting the results no that they results, want. Right. Yeah. You know, and that they think that the e-collar is just used for punishment. I'm like, no, I use yeah. it for activation. It's good. Yeah. It's I good that I use it. I explained to uh, somebody at, at uh, I take my dogs to a pay for dog park disclosure. It's basically a country club for dogs. Yeah. 
Um, and I was discussing that with um, a pet owner there, how e-collars are for activation um, and not just correction. He got all excited. And so um, I will be uh, training his dogs on e-collar. All right, so Karen has more to do now. <laughs> more to do. <laughs> So, but it works. Yeah. And, you so, know, open mind excited. is great. I showed him the example of activation and um, and he was just super excited about it and, and loves how our, both my dogs are uh, well trained and uh, responsive and and happy and motivated. They are. Yeah. They're, you know, so they're super. Yeah. They're waiting for their food right now. Because <laughs> they're going to be trained for their meals. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I do get lazy, but like, so I try to work with mine, you know, every day. And of course the boot camp dogs get worked and they get priority, yeah. but I, I can't neglect mine, especially since I have two that I'm working on training. Right. Zoe gets a little bit neglected, but you know what, whatever the other dogs get treats, she gets treats just for being there. Mm -hmm. Her favorite treat, she has tricks. She has two of them. One of them is put her head down and be like a sad dog. The other one is spin in a circle. <laughs> so she does that and she'll get treats. Or just look at me, she'll get treats. I used to default treats to Chico until you thought, you told me, why don't I train him for service? And Yeah, he's doing right. good. Yeah, he's doing great. So Which makes me happy. Yeah. Anyway, we sell selling for a whole bunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, it's it's good, you know. Um see all that. Anything else? Yeah, I'm just about talked out, man. Yeah. Um, we do have some exciting news. Mm -hmm. um, we just we'll like kind of give a little soft announcement, like a soft yeah. opening. Mm -hmm. uh, so talking to Karen, now you guys might know we did a, uh, a workshop here at the ranch about a year and a half ago, and then I it was in January. I didn't do it this January because of my cancer scare. Mm -hmm. Um, and Nipopo school, so I wasn't about to do anything else, but. Um, I was asking her because I think Karen would be a great co-teacher. And with my health, I can't do a workshop fully on my own. It's just too draining for me. Um, I do need help. And if the help's someone who's hosting, that's fine. If the help is here, Rich gets to help and he gets to be host and Luke and then Karen can co-teach with me. Yeah. So that's what we're going to aim for. So we're looking at February um, and we, we are not going to announce the dates yet. Just start saving up money because you have plenty of time. Mm -hmm. um, come on out here in February. It is a great time to visit Florida. It is a great time to visit the parks. If you come down and you want to do the parks with service dogs, I bet something can be arranged with that because yeah. mm -hmm. somebody just got her Disney ticket. So uh, just, yeah. uh, we could do Disney and Universal. Annual pass holder. Just waiting for it to go active. Right. Uh, so yeah, so we'll be able to do Disney and or Universal with you. Mm -hmm. um, show you guys how we do service dogs there, but that won't be a requirement. That'll just be a bonus, bonus type of thing yeah uh, because the, the big thing is going to be doing the uh the workshop we have to decide if it'll yeah. be two or three days yeah um or if we want that third day to maybe be the bonus day right. but we'll see we'll see see what happens hopefully uh, i'll be a silver school graduate by then right getting ready for my gold school yeah <laughs> it'll so, be good yeah. so yeah and then hopefully by then too i want to have all the um videos redone yeah we have too many dogs in right now to do them but um hoping to lighten up in september a little bit or october or november one of the or december one of those months we should lighten up a little bit yeah. and uh and hopefully we can get some of these videos done up and it'll just be a matter of printing up the videos that we have and going through checking them over and seeing what we need to tweak yeah, for uh, Yeah, so it's a Nipopo service dog workshop, and it'll be a Nipopo service dog online course. Yes. So, yay. yay. Okay, but that's our exciting news. So start saving up, put them quarters away, um, because you got plenty of time. Okay? And until then, I will see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.